Oh boy, week five is already here. We got a lot of work to do, so let's just get down to it. We're going to go housekeeping. We're going to talk about what do you do if you are 0-4 and need to make a move. And then we get into all the usual stuff. Would you rather reload DFS picks? And we're going to do better on those picks this week, so let's hop into it. Time to learn, scout, win, and repeat. Let's continue the process. Housekeeping up first, you guys. Again, week five. We have a little bit of data to work with now. And so we've got some information that we can rely on, but this is where we're going to sink our teeth into the early NFL season. We got your back. What we do here is produce very quality free fantasy football information. If you've been struggling and you just found us, welcome aboard. Hop on the train. Let's go. If you've been rocking with us, then you will already know how this train is going to go. So as we start off our housekeeping here, we got to go over the the hits and misses of last week DFS. And I got to tell you guys, we got to have our come to Jesus moment right away. I love that I would do the hits and misses right away. Let's not hide behind that. Let's not make it the last thing. Let's not push it under the rug. And when you get it right, you love to celebrate it. So let's talk about it when we get it wrong. We got it wrong last week. We got a lot wrong last week, actually. I've never actually gotten so much wrong in one week before. So just as a, you know, measure of, um, you know, clarity and going over everything with transparency, for DFS, we recommended Burrow at $6,500. That did not work out. There's something going on with the calf, if you will. And it's really hampering his ability to push off of that foot, to really get some oomph on his throws. It's not happening. And so we took some chances last week with Burrow and Chase specifically. And the funny thing about Chase is I'm not going to mark that up as a loss at $7,800. He had seven, eight receptions, so targeted heavily. And the thing about it is we saw because of the injury, Joe Burrow uh, shorten up his ADOT or his average depth of target. You will hear that term a lot. Get used to it, ADOT. So he shortens up his average depth of target. They're not going for the first down sticks, guys. He's, you know, basically... So hurt right now in the calf that his average depth of target is the same as, you know, Dobbs, Josh Dobbs, right? Like it's not, it's not great. So it wasn't a miss on Chase because he got a lot of receptions, but he only got 78 yards. Now, normally on those amount of receptions, seven, eight receptions, Chase can do a lot more than that, right? And so the idea was there, but the injury got in our way. I'm going to take the blame for that one. Now, we did have some uh, pivot pieces, Garoppolo for a tournament. He didn't play, so we couldn't play him or Adams in our cash game lineup. But it really didn't matter for cash because nothing else hit anyway. Stafford, we designated as a uh, tournament one-off, and that was fine. One of the few things that actually didn't blow up. But Devontae Adams at 8K in the flex had to move off of that once we saw that Garoppolo wasn't going to be playing. So that pivots things all together. And really, the, the big loss here is at that point, probably should have remade a lineup. But I really uh, tried to just sub in one person, one for one for Chase. But Or I'm sorry, for Adams. But sometimes you think about stuff in a certain way and just one player not being available or having his scenario changed by backup QB really can change the whole perplexion of the whole lineup. So, or complexion, I should say, leaves me perplexed. But that's what we saw there. Didn't want to go with Keenan Alley. He's Keenan Alley. He's going to be pretty pricey and popular, and that was true. Puka Nakua, we also said, would be very popular, which was true. But we wanted to use him in tournaments with Stafford and Tutu Atwell. It was Tutu Atwell who let us down, basically, in the cash game. Atwell let us down. Uh, Hopkins, though, D-Nuck, Hopkins, Nuck got us what we needed. $5,800, it was a good matchup. Um, we said he would bounce back versus Cincy. So he had a decent day, but they just missed the, like the, the, you know, the running back flea flicker pass back to the quarterback and he tosses it to the, 
to the wide receiver. They just missed that play. It just went through his fingers. So you make that play. And this is a practice play that they've been doing since camp, right? So that's a part of the game plan. Just went through his fingers. We do that. That that play pays off of $5,800. So, you know, not going to say we missed there, but it could have been better. Atwell, we just mentioned, that was a miss. He did not get the targets, and he was in our cash game. But My- Jacoby Myers as well, that was a huge miss too, um, just based off the fact that we didn't have Garoppolo. So we had to X out that whole tournament lineup based off a of lack of production to be expected from that backup QB. Rondell Moore said he was interesting at the price, did not pan out. We know Joshua Dobbs, who had just spoke about, has a low dot, but... Ertz was the beneficiary this week and not Rondell Moore, who had been previously. So, Hawkinson missed there. He dropped the pass in the end zone, which could have been a touchdown. That could have paid off. Fryermuth left the game with injury. We had a lot of that, too. So, Fryermuth left the game with injury. That didn't pay off. Kamara was fine, but saved ultimately by the PPR format and catching the passes, just like we expected. Does not work in half-point PPR. Connor was not good, though. Ford and Mitchell using them did not work. Paying down for those strategies did not work. Mitchell didn't get the run because they just ran McCaffrey all day, the whole time. I don't know if I would do that given his injury history, but the the Niners did and it worked out for them. So we didn't hit there. And then defense, epic failures as well, uh, based off of, you know, telling you guys you could play Philly or the Browns. Now, once we see that there was no Deshaun Watson, uh, and there's another thing, Cooper, too. We had Cooper in there saying we we're going to play him. That did not play because Watson didn't go. So another place where injury burned us. Ended up playing Cooper still, and that backup QB could not activate him. Uh, the Browns' defense should have really switched to Baltimore once we saw that Deshaun Watson wasn't playing. Not savvy enough to do that. And then Dallas, uh, the New England defense hurt us versus Dallas big time. They didn't get burned big time. It was the offense really giving up the points, but it didn't work out nonetheless. So that was last week. We will do better this week. We have no choice but to do better this week. You, you have to do better than all misses. So that's the DFS last week. The next thing we need to talk about is, as I mentioned, we have more, st- the stats are more usable now. So we've got a quarter of the season tucked away four weeks here. And as we start to get into the bye weeks, we've got this data that we can invest in a little bit, not fully. It's not a complete set, but we got four games for, for, for most of these teams. So for all these teams. So that's data that we can now use to start looking at these matchups uh, as far as at least the run game goes and to some degree the pass game. But, you, you know, football reference is a great, you know, pro football reference is a great website to do that. Again, if you want to touch the tr- if you want to trust the talking heads, then you are basically going off of what they're telling you, and they are basically giving you analysis to fill the airwaves, and also giving you analysis that pump up future matchups for whatever their TV station is. So it's a little skewed, okay? Pro Football Reference, you can look at the numbers yourself and make some determinations. If I can do it, you can do it. Next thing we got to cover in housekeeping is 0-4. This is the section of the show where we're always going to talk about what do you do if you're down at that record at that point. Winning is easy. Winning is fun. If I'm 0-4, though, where do I go, right? And so that's a little concerning. You cannot take, you know, if you've got, you know, double the amount of losses that you've got wins right now, that's a problem. If you're 2-4, like we said, that's a problem. You're one, you're, you're, oh, I'm sorry. Let's say you're, cause it's, you know, you're two and two. That's not a problem yet. You're one and three. That's a problem. You are two and one. That's not a problem yet. You see what I'm saying? So if you have twice as many losses as wins, that's a problem. If you've gone through six weeks of the season and you're three and three, that's not a problem. If you are two and four, that's a problem. If you are four and two, that's not a problem. So if you've been listening, maybe you remember this from last year, but that's the formula. You can't have, Twice as many losses as wins, and you certainly can't. And everything after six losses is paramount. You're not going to make the playoffs, so you're just really gambling with the with the records there. But if you were zero and four, what do we do right here? Right, you you blew through the first quarter of the season. Where do we go? We got to turn up the intensity. We got to show up to work every day now. You got to look at everything and be perceptive about your waiver wires and all the moves being made by everyone, not just you. 
Now, the other thing you got to do is not panic. Do you have somebody coming back? Did you get Kamara back recently? Do you have Cooper Cup coming back? If you have a team that has been missing some pieces that you drafted and they're coming back, then, then there's nothing to do. You've done the thing already before the year starts. And that's the way we really like to roll. You want to give your team that injection? How about having Kamara last week in PPR? Huge injection, right? So that's the way to do it. Hopefully you have that scenario. And if you do, you can chill. If you don't, you got to do, some, you know, think about some trades to make a splash, not just to shore up some stuff. And when I say make a splash, what I mean is that 0-4, no one should be safe on your team. If you've got some affinity to some players on your team, but you're 0-4, get over it. The players you want to keep are the players you should sell to get better as a squad. That's just the way football works. Fantasy football, at least. Nobody's trading your, you know, for your down guys right now. You have to trade what's working. And I know the sensation is to hold on to it for dear life. Because I'm 0-4 and I don't have much working. But that's the stuff you've got to use to get better. Okay, if you've got points in your 0-4, just hang tight. I've got one league where I, well, I'm actually 0-4. I do a lot of leagues, as you guys suspect. But there's one in particular where I'm 0-4. Probably should be 1-3, but some couple of moves on me. However, I'm going to sit tight in that league because... I'm looking at the points put up by me, points against. There's no problems here. There's no problems here. A couple of lucky flips my way two of these weeks. I'm 500. So in that scenario, you know, hella dumb for me to go making moves to make to take myself further away from contention. I have Allen as a quarterback. Brown as a wide receiver. These guys have had, you know, slower starts. Who cares? They're going to be there at the end of the season. I know that much. And I don't want to trade out of that value right now and get like nothing for it, if that makes sense. Not saying hold on to everything forever. We just talked about making a splash, right? But some pieces arguably need to be held on to. Like you're talking about Jamar Chase or something like that. Like he's down now. You want to sell him. I probably don't do that. That's a dumb thing. You keep playing him. Because it comes back around. Or you don't. Up to you. Last thing we're going to cover in the housekeeping section is what we saw Thursday night. The Bears and the Commanders. Look, these are two very not good teams. Let's be real about that. Two very not good teams. But Chicago, um, you know, probably. Well, both these teams pretty decent at, you know, stopping the run a little bit. So we saw a little bit more action in the air. Uh, Moore went off, had a great day, obviously. Fields recouped some of his respectability. But really what you've got to look at is Washington as a whole is not a great team. Not a great defense. They've got a great front. But for for all of that, the the secondary is absolutely trash. We've seen this Barrett team get demolished by by football teams this year so far. And... What does that say about the commanders if this Chicago team can put 40 on you? Chicago's not great either, but they showed up. They held the commanders to 20, which if you think about it with Sam Hallett quarterback, you know, again, they're they're not a great team. You Last week, you're thinking almost tank. Let's go ahead and, you know, Think about this a different way. And I was telling friends this week, just, you know, let's go all in. Tank. Trade off fields. Let's try to get the one and the two pick next year because you got the high pick from Carolina. Let's use this momentum. Pick up Caleb Williams and Marvin Marvin Harrison the third. Just as soon as you get those thoughts out, though, things turn around with fields. I still think they should do that, but I think the Bears are going to try to play football. The reason they want to try to play football is because that division is winnable. As we've seen, Minnesota was supposed to be the big bad wolf and they can't stop turning the ball over. So that has really hampered their expectations. Everybody else can be had. So, you know, as far as the overall of the game goes, I think these are still two of the bottom tier teams. But the one thing you can't get away from is Ron Rivera's got to be on the hot seat now. This is a game where... They probably should beat the Bears. They have a little more talent than they do, but they are not playing as well. 
Chicago is going, in my opinion, to work their way to like some just under 500 team and get themselves a bad draft, like a, a draft pick where they won't be able to get anything special. And that's where they're going to keep being. Not getting overly hard on them, but I'm also not going to sugarcoat it because, you know, I'm originally from Chicago either. Bears have some problems still. Herbert was banged up a little. I think it probably bodes well for them if Roshan Johnson can get more touches. I think they should take a look at what it looks like with him as the lead back. But what do I know? I only watch all the games. Um, That is our housekeeping for this week. It's very straightforward and simple. No need to go digging if we're not in bad or trouble. You may be thinking you're in worse shape than you are, but because most people that play fantasy football just have... We don't have a high attention span. We want to, I want to now, I want to now, I want to today. I'm telling you, most of us need to stand pat. But if you are one of the people we designated that needs to make a move, we told you how you need to do that this week in housekeeping. Let's play a round of Would You Rather. So, we come up to Would You Rather for this week. Straight up, 12 questions. Would you rather play this person? Would you rather play that person? Really quickly, explanations. Why why I'd rather do that, right? So, Dallas Goddard, Calvin Austin III. Calvin Austin III was interesting to me coming from Pittsburgh, if you don't know. Pittsburgh wide receiver. Interesting to me coming into the season. And he has had a a bright spot here or there, a couple of flashy plays. But the issue is they don't have a great offensive line. And they don't often have the time that it takes to get the ball to Calvin Austin III. And so I don't see him as being effectual game in and game out. You know, that's really not it. Dallas Goddard. Much better prospect this week and every week in this scenario versus Austin. But this week, I think also, you know, they've just been talking about getting him as a part of the offense more, recognizing that he needs to be a part of the offense more. Um, they're going up against the Rams. I think it's attainable to make him a part of the offense more this week. And so I just really see that as a you know path forward versus the obscure Calvin Austin the third at this point. All right, Chubba Hubbard versus Rashid Shashid. Got to go with Chubba Hubbard. Miles Sanders, not exactly 100% healthy. Groin's been giving him problems. That's what's been going on with him this year, guys. It's not that he's washed, like the kids say. It's not that he's not great, not good, not serviceable, however you want to put it. Working through injuries. Teams don't always tell you this stuff. Telling you about these injuries helps the opponent sometimes, too. So they just won't do it. Chubba Hubbard. Uh, uh, should you know outscore Rashid Shahid this week? I like Shahid, but there's no definite role for him in the offense. You know, outside of a you know fantastic week two, I think it was, or was it week one? There's just been nothing else. So outside of that return touchdown, randomly week three. So we're gonna back off of him until we see a more solidified role. They don't even have a solidified quarterback because of injuries right now. I mean, obviously it's Carr, but he shouldn't have played last week, and it and it showed. And uh, so they've got to get healthy and they've got to figure out some of the other pieces. He underperforms. Michael Thomas underperforms. I mean, everybody not named Chris Olave, pretty skeptical. Chubba Hubbard. Next up, would I rather play Damian Pierce or Romeo Dobbs? Pierce, you know, you know, lead back, I would love to play over wide receiver one in most scenarios where the run game is in a good place. But for Houston this week, I think that you know Atlanta's not terrible against the run. They should have a they should have a path though. They should be able to run the football. But the problem is Damian Pierce is banged up. So I think we see a little bit of a you know tandem backfield here, if not a more of a reliance on the passing game with C.J. Stroud, who showed that he's you know worth his weight early in the season. Romeo Dobbs is in a better place, though. He's got a positive matchup against the coverage that they are going up against the Green Bay versus the Raiders on Monday night. I think Love will be able to find him. He had a great week last week. He can capitalize on that based on the competition ahead of him this week. you got to take Dobbs here. This is an easy uh, pick, Dobbs over Pierce. 
Would you rather play Cooper Cup or Aaron Jones this week? Okay, so if Cup plays, I want to play Cup. I don't even think Cup's injury has been that bad. I feel like the team has made it out to be worse than it is. Cup has, you know, been pushing to play. It just really feels like to me, and I was telling a coworker this who she, you know, we were just lamenting about what she might do this week, you know, play him if they play him. I was saying, yeah, you got to play him, but it does seem like there's something going on there, maybe contractually. Like I, it just kind of feels like they want some leverage in the, in the negotiations. Right. And so what I mean by that is if we just want to get down to it, look, he is worth less money. If they can show that Puka Nakua can do and produce the numbers that he can. That's, that's the truth. That's the truth. And when contract negotiations come up, we don't have to pay you as much because we got the next dude, right? Or we think we got the next dude. So if you are the Rams, I'm just thinking they've been trying to see what they have. I think they're curious. And I think that's why they've been playing, you know, kind of been waiting and see with the injury. They want to see what they got here. Um, But I don't think it's Cup that's been holding that up. If, you know, Cup's going to play, I don't see what keeps him off the field. And if Cup plays, Cup's the guy. He's, he's the guy over in the cool. I'd rather have that. Jones is still nursing the hamstring injury. Doesn't look 100%. Split some carries with Dylan last week. I didn't like it. I still don't like it. Let's go Cup. Would you rather play Ramon Stevenson or Jordan Addison? So I got to go Stevenson. I know they're in a tough matchup. The New England Patriots, you know, Stevenson has not had a lot of success running the ball this year. And New Orleans is not going to make it that much easier. But the path to victory is better on the ground than it is in the air against New Orleans. Now, you know, as far as Jordan Addison goes, he just doesn't have a defined role to get enough looks. He also has been terrible, specifically terrible against man coverage this year. And New England traditionally plays, um, well, I'm sorry, not New England, uh, Kansas City, who Minnesota is playing, traditionally plays heavy man coverage. And so I feel like he might get lost in the shuffle this week. Also, they should have a chance to run the football, as we'll talk about. So I'm off of Jordan Addison, and I would take Ramon Stevenson in that matchup. All right, Adam Thielen or Raheem Mostert? Oof, I guess I've got to go with Thielen in this one. Um, I, I don't like either of these guys that much this week. Mostert, obviously, seeding time to A-Chain or Achan, Achan, whatever he wants to be called. Um, A-Chan or whatever, but... You know, so it's hard to trust Mostert when we see that rise going. So you got to go with Thielen here. But the, but again, Thielen, I was wrong last week. I didn't see him. Uh, you know, I should have mentioned this in the housekeeping as well. The the misses that weren't on my, uh, I guess, selection sheet. So you know, Thielen did not recognize that he would be viable with Bryce Young. I thought that was more of an Andy Dalton thing, and and he still was serviceable. Also, before I forget, I got to put Madison in that category, too. Didn't think he'd be able to run the ball as effectively as he did last week, but he was able to, right? And so two misses there. But to get back to home base here, you know, Adam Thielen has to be over Mostert, and perhaps they can keep it going. He was in a walking boot, though, at parts of the end of the last game. So I don't know how healthy he is, but um, between the two, got to go Thielen. Next up would be, uh, would you rather play Debo Samuel or Alexander Madison this week? And Samuel's a little banged up. Um, I guess I'll go with Madison, who has been coming on strong lately. That offensive line has been run blocking particularly well. And it's another positive matchup for them this week. Samuel's got the tougher road against this Dallas defense. They do play a lot of man. Samuel, um, you know, hasn't been great with man coverage this year. He's fighting through some injuries. Let's take the obvious pick here and go with Alexander Madison. All right, Nico Collins or Ramon Stevenson. Now I'm going to go with Stevenson here. I know Collins has, you know, snapped off as of late and had some, you know, you know, decent run there. But the reality is the Falcons are probably going to have him working against A.J. Terrell, which to me says Tank Dell or even Bob Woods over, over Nico Collins this week. I think Nico Collins does get negated a bit by A.J. Terrell. Atlanta's not terrible with defense. I think they do enough to keep that game in, and a part of that is containing this guy. So I'll go with Ramon Stevenson. Would I rather play – there's a lot of Ramon Stevenson questions questions this week. So the next one is would I rather play Ramon Stevenson or Romeo Dobbs? And in that one, I guess I will go Dobbs on Monday night. He's just got such a positive matchup. Um, I know Stevenson is the, you know, you know, RB1, I guess you could say, but Elliott has been in the timeshare with him. He's getting reps, and 
Elliott has been more productive with his reps too. That's the other thing too. So I don't think they're going to go away from that timeshare based on Elliott's willingness to get those, you know, hard yards between the tackles as it would appear in his new New England career. So let's go with Romeo Dobbs. All right. Would you rather play Brandon Ayuk or Devon A-Chain this week? I will go with A-Chain. We talked about San Fran going up against a tougher Cowboys secondary. I think that, you know, the road to victory may be on the ground for San Fran. We know they've got the number of Dallas, though, so they can be dangerous in a facet of ways. But let's go with A-Chan. He's coming on a strong, couple of really strong weeks, and this is another good spot against a you know pretty suspect defense. All right, next one is yet another Ramon Stevenson. It's him or Sam Laporta this week. I'll go Stevenson. Laporta's in a nice spot, though. But Laporte isn't even in the best spot as tight end in that game for the Lions. I like um, Hurst on the other side more than Laporta. Detroit's terrible regarding the tight end. Have been for the past couple of years. Have been this year. You could save salary with Hayden Hurst. And so Laporta will be popular. I'm not down on Laporta. But uh, Ramon Stevenson very very well could produce more than him this week. And so finally, we've got Calvin Ridley or Jamar Gibbs. So I'm hearing Gibbs may be a little banged up. That gives me some consternation. But I've been going into this week thinking Gibbs coming off the short short week. Um, I'm expecting less Montgomery and more Gibbs just based off the of, you know the, the the logistics of a short week. Last week it seemed okay more Montgomery in retrospect because you know short week and they ran Gibbs before. This is a week for Gibbs. You know, Montgomery got a big run last week. And, and, you know, he's been a little banged up lately, too. So I do like Gibbs, provided he's healthy. I'll say him over Ridley. Ridley's got a tougher matchup going up against Buffalo. Now, I know they've lost uh, Tredavious White, and that stinks. And I feel bad for him. That being said, though, I you know, I think the Jaguars still got their hands cut out for or their their you know, work cut out for them over in England this week. Guys, that's Would You Rather for week five. And so hopefully you now feel better about who you would rather play in those scenarios. And now it's time for the process to reload. And at that, it's time for us to reload my favorite segment. I don't know about you guys. We already touched on Thursday's game, 40-20 Bears over Commander. So let's skip right into Thursday morning, 6.30 a.m. here on the West Coast. It's going to be Jacksonville at Buffalo. Just left off talking about that. And would you rather? So, you know, Jacksonville's got their work cut out for them. Buffalo defense, that front four has been strong this year. And so, you know, Lawrence will have to get the ball out. And he hasn't been particularly special this year. Etienne hasn't been special running the ball this year. Jacksonville seems a little overmatched on both sides of the football. Buffalo seems to be coming on strong right now. So I like Allen for sure. Josh Allen on the defensive side is, is you know, always plays Buffalo tough. So you got to worry about the rush of a guy like that and the, and the Jacksonville rush in general. But as far as Buffalo goes, you know, they will pepper in the cook, you know, the cook runs. But I don't, you know expectly predict him to you know be spectacular i think josh allen leads the way you know stefan diggs can be stefan diggs but gabriel davis will you know gabe davis is, you know, has a chance to catch touchdown too but it just looks like buffalo is you know by far the better team it's so funny jacksonville is still over in new england but they've had to move around a bit the hotel they were in last week it's booked up by Buffalo this week. So Jacksonville actually had to move out, even though they were still over in New England. But I think Buffalo wins this one. Um, I, you know, I, outside of Josh Allen and the Buffalo defense, everything else would be interesting. Maybe Jacksonville gets some garbage time, but that would probably be in the game they should win. Reload. Now on the Sunday, main slate, 10 a.m., Tennessee at England, uh, Indianapolis. 
this is a game where both secondary coverage units are trash. Indianapolis trash defense altogether. Tennessee at least a little viable against the run. I know JT Jonathan Taylor is supposed to be coming back this week. Whether it's Taylor or Moss, whoever's got their work cut out for them against this tough Tennessee front seven. So I'm not really in on the Indianapolis run game this week, regardless of who is there. If Taylor's back, he's going to be getting his win back, and he's going to be going up against a tough defense. If it's Moss, he's going up against a tough defense. So there's that. That means through the air. Richardson, very interesting this week. You want to play him? I got no problems with that. I don't think I get there in DFS, but I have a lot of interest in Pittman, his number one receiver. I just don't see where he's going to be able to find resistance in this Tennessee secondary that has been porous at best. Porous at best. So that's what I like from that side. The Indianapolis offense can use the tight end to take advantage of this Tennessee defense too, but they rotate tight end. So I'm not going to recommend somebody there just because we're just not sure what that's going to be like, right? Um, however, on the other side of the football, I will say Tennessee, you know, King Henry can, can have a decent day. Um, I don't even, you know, 70 in a touchdown. That's not out of the realm, but again, passing the football because Indianapolis is banged up a little bit too. So that interior, that defense is going to be suffering a little bit. You got guys like DeForest Buckner banged up. There's a lot of questionable injuries. If any of these guys are stepping out for sure, that changes the complexion of the game. Even playing banged up, that's going to change the complexion of the game. So. We like Henry, but not as much as the offense. Tennessee and Ryan Tannehill should be able to activate uh, his wide receiver, DeAndre Hopkins. I don't know if Traylon Burks plays. He was injured last week. Um, you know, missed some practices this week. Seems a little doubtful. If he plays, that's great. But even if so, I don't know what to expect. Hopkins, I think, can have a better week than last week. Indianapolis, such a worse defense in the secondary than what Tennessee played last week. And they've... they've you know, had problems. They've had injuries. They've had to bring back guys that they cut for being so bad. So, you know, this looks like a, Hop- a Hopkins week. I, you know, Tannehill, I don't have any interest in cash game. I was thinking about it, but I'm not sure where else he can go outside of Hopkins. And with the run game, I think being a little viable, he may not have to do much else. So we'll just take Hopkins. But that's an interesting matchup there. You know, Indianapolis is going to be tough at home. But I will give the edge to Tennessee. I'll say Tennessee finds a way to win this one. But Indianapolis is going to play them extremely tough at home. I think the difference maker is just going to be that Richardson, you know, still takes off with his legs, which is great at quarterback. But he's going to be facing this Tennessee front seven. I just think that's going to be the difference. And so I think that they, you know, plunge the upside of his running a bit. And, um, you know, just as an arm, I don't know if he's going to have enough to do anything outside of activate Pittman, you know, with regards to winning the game. So we'll say Tennessee finds a way to win this one on the road. Reload. New Orleans going to Houston. So New Orleans probably will have Carr back and, and maybe he's a little healthier. But, you know, New England, tough against the pass. They just picked up J.C. Jackson from the Chargers for peanuts. Um, that's going to work out better than it was in San Diego. He wasn't working out there. He's an expensive piece that didn't work out. Belichick buys him back for nothing. This is a guy that was traditionally very good in their system. I think he has a chance to just plug right back in, right? So as far as New Orleans goes, I'm down on that passing game this week in terms of, I mean, you could try Kamara, but I've got no interest there. Definitely not looking at Olave and those guys this week versus this New England defense. I think running the ball probably is a smarter route to go. So, you know, you know, think about Kamara a little bit there. Now, on the New England side of things, New Orleans has been pretty good in the secondary. Marshawn Lattimore is having one of his better years. They're playing predominantly man defense too because of how well everybody's playing. And so New England has been terrible against man defense this year. I don't see their passing game as particularly, you know, one to be activated this week. Mac Jones struggled struggled last week mightily against the Cowboys. And I think New Orleans probably a little bit of an easier matchup, but not that much easier to where he looks like a different man, like a new man. So he still struggles. They still struggle. You lean on Ramon Stevenson catching those passes too, of course. But so I'm liking both running backs and I'm probably staying away from much else. I, you know, New Orleans doesn't seem to have as much discipline to end the end of the games. They seem to let the end of the games get away from them. And so I think it'll be tough to go up to New England and win, um, you know, just for the whole time. I don't I don't think they'll be able to put it the whole time. I think New England finds a way to pick this one up and get to two and three and send New Orleans to two and three after their beautiful start. Reload. Next up is Baltimore, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh defense, you know, I, I 
you think about TJ Watt, you think about the pass rush, you think they should be good, but they're just not great on the back end. So if the rush doesn't get there, it's mayhem in the secondary. Baltimore should win this game. Pittsburgh also don't have a quarterback, really. I mean, Kenny Pickett, not my cup of tea. Um, he's not activating anybody that, that gives me any interest, especially against this Baltimore secondary that's just getting healthier. Marlon Humphrey's coming back this week. So I think they have a chance to play real well, put up some points, no doubt. Um, I do think that Pittsburgh will have to run the football, but again, their offensive line has been so questionable. And so I just don't see a scenario where Pittsburgh wins this football game. But I don't think they get blown out. I think, you know, you know, both teams could be the teens, you know, Pittsburgh could be in the teens, you know, Baltimore could even be in the twenties, but you got to like Lamar Jackson. Everything is running through Lamar Jackson. So you got to like Lamar Jackson. And from there, I don't think you got to get crazy with anything else. OBJ might play. That's great. You know, but I don't think you got to go hurry up and tie them out there. You know, Hill may play a running back. There's just a lot of pieces that are coming back. This will be the healthiest. This game is probably played on both sides in a while. But at the end of the day, Baltimore defense can lead the way. Lamar will you know, find his guys sporadically. I don't even want to say Mark Andrews because Pittsburgh plays the tight ends real well. So it will have to be him finding some of these receivers or taking off and running. And that between, you know, Justice Hill running the football or whoever they have back there, I think it'll be more than enough. They can even create some turnovers on this Pittsburgh offense. Baltimore should win this game and get the 4-1. and Reload. Houston at Atlanta. Houston coming on strong. They look great last week. I think Stroud has a tougher week this week, as we talked about. And would you rather AJ Terrell, I think is going to shadow Nico Collins. And so that'll open up things for possibly tank Dell. Um, but I think Bob Woods, Bob trees, you know, started out looking at him week one, week two, he got, you know, quite a few targets there. And so, you know, he's on the field and I think they know he's on the field and, and Stroud knows, knows that he's on the field. I think this is a game for us to find out, how easy it is for Stroud to get to his, you know, his uh, progressions, basically. So I'm interested in that, but I think I'm downgrading the Houston pass game a little bit. Pierce, you know, in a better spot, but he is banged up. It's going to be a tough game for Houston. They might not win this football game. On the other side of things, Atlanta, great chance to run the football. Bijan Robinson, I think they can just run it and run their offense through him. I really want Pitts to be usable this week. For salary purposes, I you just don't know what you're getting with him. You could switch it off with Jonu Smith if you want. That's fine. But really, the only thing that we can count on here has to be Bijan Robinson. This is a great get-right spot against the Houston defense that gives it up on the ground. So I'm using him for cash games and just locking that in for sure. This is a game Atlanta can win. I think Houston gets tripped up a little bit. Houston's been playing well to start the year. But this one will be a little tougher, I think. Reload. Carolina going to Detroit. So Carolina hitting the road. I don't think Bryce Young and company have enough to win this game. But what they can do is run the football just a little bit. Miles Sanders banged up. He's dealing with the groin issue. He's going to split time with Chubba Hubbard. I still think I think Chubba Hubbard, you know, maybe splits the touches, half of them. But he's probably going to be more effective with his. That is what we've seen so far this year. So Unless all of a sudden Miles Sanders gets healthier, which it seems like it's not getting healthier. It seems like it's getting worse, right? And so I think they'll continue to lean on on Chubba Hubbard. You know, if you're in the seasonal, if you don't want to start Sanders, you don't have to. I would love if you had Chubba Hubbard and you could just play them both. I'm doing that in the desperation mode because of bye weeks in one season. But it feels fine just because there's so many limitations at quarterback for Carolina, for Bryce Young, that you can't force him to lead the offense you've got to do some complimentary stuff for him and so they're gonna have to run the football Hayden Hurst I like is a check down option too I really wish he could activate Terrence Marshall I don't know that that happens against this Detroit defense who's been had their bright moments here and there not terrible altogether for Detroit side of it you know golf should be able to put it together decently but it's really about running the football david montgomery if gibbs is hurt if gibbs is not hurt then gibbs but you know true time share there which looks good i'm on ross st brown not looking great to play they're a little banged up at wide receiver so even more reason to lean heavily on that run game because you know they've got jameson williams coming back this week and this guy's gonna have to play that's how that's how banged up they are I like him. I hope he becomes a thing. I don't know that this week is the week to do it. Carolina 
you know, they can give up the run, but let's be real. They didn't get Derrick Brown last week, and he proved to be a difference maker in the running game. Probably the sole reason why Madison didn't just, you know, completely go off uh, altogether. And the other thing is Carolina's defense, you know, they scored double-digit points against Minnesota last week. Obviously, Minnesota has problems turning the ball over. But if they can, you know, play up to the level that they've been playing this year, they're not going to burn you in DFS. And so I think as a salary saver, you know, emergency use only, 2200, roll it out. Carolina's going to struggle, though. Detroit should win this football game. They're going to be led by the running backs, and the defense will do enough, and the passing game will have its little bright spots, but truly the two runners will lead the way. Detroit should win this one at home easily. Reload. Giants at Miami. So Barkley's going to play. That's great. Nobody else plays on the Giants. They don't have a functional offense. They look like you know they're just floating around out there trying to figure it out. Seems like it'd be a great climate for Daniel Jones, but to who? To whom, my friends? Maybe Slayton if you want to get there, but I can't trust anybody else really in that offense. You know, Barkley, obviously, but outside of that, I'm just not interested. Miami on their part, though, you could look at the Miami defense. Because if we don't like anything on the Giants offense, then you got to like the Miami defense. Now, I like Tua, but I also like everything. I like Hill. I like Waddle. I like, you know, Achan. So I'm not going to get overly invested in any of those one things because I just don't know where they're going to go. But for seasonal purposes, you got those Miami pieces. Play them and feel great about it. For DFS, I'm going to think twice if I can't find better matchups just because the Giants are so woeful to me that Miami could win the game without having to step on it, so to speak. The defense could, could lead the way, for Christ's sake. So you know, I'm not sure what I'm going to see there because the Giants are so bad. So I'm not going to overly invest in it. But either way, this is a game that Miami should win. And there's some facet of the offense that's going to put up points. If I had to lean on it, I'd say more the run game than the passing game. But that remains to be seen until Sunday morning. Reload. Cincinnati going to Arizona. No, no more believers in Burrow, I guess. People don't like that injury. They're coming off him. They're coming off Chase. I think you hold. I think you hold like we talked about. But this should be an easier matchup than what they had last week. So you're traveling out to Arizona. I think Burrow, you know, should be a little bit more healthier. I want to see him sling and get it to Chase. Now, I don't think T. Higgins plays because of the ribs things. You know, he's a tough guy. He played through it last week. Even if he does play, I won't expect much from him. So Tyler Boyd becomes more of an option. The thing is, I'm a little leery about Boyd because similar scenario last year where uh, Higgins is in and uh, Chase is out. Boyd was pretty much ineffectual, right? And they were saying the same thing. Oh, well, you know, one's out then of the three receivers, then he's just going to concentrate on the other two. Didn't really work out that way for Boyd. He was not as serviceable as we hoped. And so I'm not going to get my hopes up here, but he is in a great spot. You do have to bump him up because you might not see Higgins. So if you need to use him in a pinch, that's okay. Cincinnati defense, not terrible either. This is a winnable football game, but Arizona is not just going to die. They won't just refuse to show up. Dobbs and boys are going to come. You know, Connor's going to run the football. I, I don't particularly love any facet of what they're doing if you need to go Ertz that's fine for some salary saver stuff but Arizona um you know Michael Taylor is that is that the guy Arizona the the receiver Michael Taylor let me google it to make sure I'm not wrong Arizona Cardinals Michael Wilson sorry Wilson's interesting I mean, Wilson is very interesting, uh, you know, in a matchup that is winnable. So if you need to go there, that's okay. But I'm off that Rondell Moore stuff. Um, you can play Connor and seasonal feel fine. I think for DFS, I don't need to go there. And uh, certainly on the other side of things, uh, you know, Mixon, nobody's talking about it, but he's not in a bad spot. Not in a bad spot. I don't have him in my write-up, but... You know, if you want to get there, I don't have a problem with that, especially if you believe that there's issues with Burrow and the calf, then why not just lean on the run game, which should be a little softer versus this Arizona defense. I, however, just believe that Burrow is barnstorming back at some point, and I don't want to miss it. I would, I want to have the ball so badly to play him in cash game again this week, but I think we got a better plan. We won't have to do that. We'll just use Chase. But anyways, 
I'm expecting Cincinnati to find a way to win this game on the road. And their defense is going to have to play a little better to do it. But I think they reload. Next afternoon game here, Philly at the Rams. Philly looking great right now. I love Stafford, though. Uh, You know, that Philly secondary has had some injuries. And so they've seen some production slide in. Much more than what they would have let up last year. Rams are expecting to get Cooper Cup back. I can see him having a, a just fine week. Anything else, I'm a little skeptical. If Cooper Cup plays, then I like Cup and Atwell. I think Nakua is the man out here. If Cooper Cup doesn't play, Nakua should be fine. You know, I want to say Atwell too. I'm look, I'm playing Stafford in tournament. I feel that he can activate the two receivers, but I but I, but I that's just a feeling. The historical thing with him is he can really activate one guy. So I have some interest in tournament, but I'm not going to go wild with that. I just think if Cup plays, then that's the one dude right there that you'd be interested in. Ronnie Rivers as a salary saver punt if you need it. He's not going to get 10 points, but catching passes out of the backfield and uh, in that hurry up offense because they should be running from behind. That's that's interesting to me because he saw his role expand in such a way last week. That's all that I like from the Rams, though. Their defense should be overmatched. Aaron Donald obviously forcing guys to get the ball out quicker, so Hurts will have to contend with that, but they should be able to. Philadelphia will continue to use the high hand running the football. Uh, if you have Swift, roll them out and feel fine with it. I probably don't play Gainwell. Um, tight end, I think I told you that Goddard I'm expecting to get a little bit more looks, but you got to go A.J. Brown for sure. Philadelphia's defense will we'll play a part in this one. All in all, they find a way to win this game. I, I think the this Ram offense has moments where they move the football so they don't look inept in the whole game. But at the end of the day, I think Philadelphia marches to 5-0, and and it's probably going to be off the backs of Hurts and Brown if I had to uh, guess it. And then, you know, you can run the clock out so maybe the running backs are serviceable at the end of the game where we're trying to take moments off the clock. Reload. Jets at Denver. Denver's a mess. Jets going to take the training wheels off of Brees Hall and Denver with that wide, you know, that wide, whatever it is, wide nine front or whatever. I don't like it. It's not great against the run. We saw Khalil Herbert look like a Hall of Famer. Everybody's played Denver's look good against on the running game. So Brees Hall, they, they said no restrictions for him. Let's lock him in. That's my favorite play this week. Fantasy football, we'll call it the free square. Everybody's going to be using it. Just do it and don't think twice about it. But Brees Hall should lead the way. You know, you know, Wilson played okay last week, but, you know, we know where he is. And so let's let Brees Hall lead the way and open up the doors for Wilson. I don't particularly want to lean on that pass game. I'm not going out of my way for anybody in the Jets passing game this week except for Tyler Conklin at tight end. Denver terrible covering the tight end. Just think about what Komet did last week. I know he went off against the Commanders too, but think about two weeks ago. 27 points against Denver, PPR format. So, you know, Tyler Conklin, there is your guy. He's going to be that check down blanket for, you know, Mr. Wilson there. So I like Conklin and I like Brees Hall a lot. And I like that Jet defense versus this Denver offense. Now, the Denver secondary, obviously pretty good. I think, you know, tougher day for... Jerry Judy, tougher day for Sutton as well. Um, you know, of the two, I think I like Sutton's matchups a little bit more, but should be a tougher day for the both of them. Javante Williams on the ground. I don't know what you're going to get there. Plus, he's also been banged up and they've been coy about that. You know, even if he does play, I don't know what you get. Maybe we see some McLaughlin this week, but you've also got P. Ryan lurking around. So I'm just going to stay away from that unstable offense and just really focus on Brees Hall. Tyler Conklin, and, and maybe do the Jets defense if you think you want, if you want to explore there. But the Jets should go on the road to Denver and win that football game. Reload. Kansas City going to Minnesota. Okay, here's what we like about this game. We're thinking shootout potential, right? But for Minnesota, the one game they won is the one time they didn't run or pass the football for 75% of their offensive plays. I think they understand this, and I think they will be more balanced this week. Plus, we've seen teams do this in the bat in the past to Kansas City. Keep them off the field. Keep them off the field by playing the clock game. And so there's a big opportunity for Minnesota and Madison 
to do just this this week. And so I'm excited for that. But I do think that if the going gets tough, Cousins can produce. So you can look at him. DFS, I stay away. That's too popular. We can get that production elsewhere. But Hawkinson, definitely in play. Justin Jefferson is in play every week all the time. Um, But I would be a little bit worried about Addison and maybe even KJ Osborne. I don't know that those guys had the chops to beat this, you know, man defense here and the run game should be more prevalent too. So, so they become, you know, third and fourth options in my opinion behind some of those other options, uh, like Madison Jefferson and Hawkinson, right? So the options I think for, for Minnesota on this day become Madison Jefferson Hawkinson, just like that. Right. Um, but that's the Minnesota side. Now their defense is, you know, they got a lot of questions to answer still. They're not a very good unit at all. They're a terrible unit, to be fair. And so Kansas City should roll on the road in this one. I like Mahomes. I realize that he might not have to do that much to win because the problem is not that there won't be offense. The problem is Minnesota can't stop turning the ball over. That leads to short fields. So if we have a short field, we're not matriculating the football and getting those stats and getting those yards. Short turnover, Pacheco runs it in. I, I can see this happening pretty easily, right? So there's some problems there, but I'm still going with it. I'm using Mahomes in cash game. I want the sure thing after being bitten by Burrow last week. Do I want to pair him with any of the receivers? No, not really. Do I want to pair him with Kelsey? You could if you want. I won't do that. There are better guys for the price points this week. But I think playing Mahomes naked makes sense for me. If you have Kansas City pieces, feel good about that. If you got Pacheco, feel good about that. If you got Kelsey, play to feel good about that for season. Mahomes, play to feel good about that, right? But I think their defense will win the game. Just look at the Minnesota Viking games. They are going to score turnovers at the most inopportune times and shoot themselves in the foot. And then Kansas City will win the game off of that. Reload. Sunday night football game here. Dallas. This is the big game for them going to San Francisco. Look, 3-1 Dallas going to 4-0 San Fran. This San Fran has, you know, beat up on Dallas in the playoffs the past couple of years. This is the big thing for Dallas, beating San Francisco. You know, Mike McCarthy calling his own plays now, and they've been having easier games, and so we haven't really got to see him go into his bag a little. He'll probably have to do it here. What do I expect to happen? I expect San Francisco to win this football game. Brock Purdy. I think he may be a little overmatched against this Dallas secondary, but he can get it to Kittle, which I think is a viable play. And you got McCaffrey too. And so we've seen that McCaffrey can be enough. Once those things start to open up other parts of the offense, San Francisco will be fine. I think Dallas is in trouble in this one. The Dallas defense, I'm not sure they're going to have an answer for McCaffrey, even if they do shut down Purdy. But Purdy has not been shut down by them the last time that they played in the in the playoffs. And so unless they've come up with a, a, a better route while at the same time losing one of their best defenders in digs, then I then I don't know what to say. I think it's gonna be a disappointing day for Jerry Jones and and, and and Mike McCarthy. McCarthy's calling his own plays, which I think um, you know probably means that they're gonna run the football more. He complained that they should have ran the football more. That was a knock at Kellen more when they lost that playoff game last week. I think he's just, you know, passing the buck to anybody, not him. But if we're staying on that timeline or we're staying on that storyline and that script, you probably saved your your butt, saved your job with Jerry by blaming it on Kellen and saying, I wish we would have ran more. So now that you have the ball or you have the playbook, I should say, they're going to run the football. So this is a week where I do expect to see some Tony Pollard, but you're going to see Rico Dowdle too. They're going to do that old one-two punch that, that Dallas has been famous for and try to open up things for Dak in the offense. Now, 49ers can be had in the secondary. I'm not too worried about that. So I think CeeDee Lamb can be fine. I don't know who else steps up, though. Defensive-wise, the 49ers can get some turnovers, and they can win the football game doing that. I think their offense is good enough to carry the game, too. They're a better team than Dallas. Dallas is not a bad football team, but I just don't think defensively they offer as much as San Fran does. And offensively, they don't offer as much as San Fran does, even though they have a better quarterback. That's probably the, the one space where, where they have it. Outside of that, I'm a little concerned. So 
you know, to wrap it up on Sunday night, you know, this is going to be a tough environment for Dallas going into San Fran. And even if they win, I don't think it gives me any more assurance that, you know, that they're going to be better suited in the playoffs because that's when it really matters. But at the end of the day, playoffs are not. San Fran's going to win this football game from just what we're seeing from Dallas so far this year. They're coming off of a high win against New England, but don't overstate it. Think about who they've been playing and think about who San Fran's been playing. I think the 49ers can win this game. And this is our final shot, so we're making a good one. And we will reload for Green Bay at Las Vegas Raiders on Monday night. So Vegas should be getting uh, should be getting uh, uh, Jimmy G, excuse me, Garoppolo. And he would probably play, which means that Adams is going to be great. And this is going to be a revenge game against Green Bay. I think Adams is in for it, man. They wouldn't want to pay him. I think he's going to, you know, make that point of maybe you should have paid me. So I love Devontae Adams in this one. Um, you can play Josh Jacobs in the season and feel great about it. But that's really all I'm looking at at this, you know, Vegas offense. Now, as far as, you know, the Green Bay offense goes, as we said before, Dobbs is in a good place. They're getting Christian Watson back. I'd love to see the run game take off, but Jones is too injured and Dylan looks like a plotter. So I don't necessarily believe that, you know, they're going to be fantastic in the run game, which inclines me to think that they're going to have to try some of these passing options more. And that's, and you can, and you can be Vegas in the air. It can be done. So love should have a good game. I think also the thing is green Bay's had a lot of time off. You think about when their last game was, I think they played, did they play last night? They, they've had a lot of time in between these games. So theoretically, we could see a healthier running, you know, running back in Aaron Jones. If that's the case, then, you know, he could potentially do a little better and make it a little bit more of a mixed offense. But if I had to, you know, call it right now, I'm going to say Musgrave at tight end is a good play. Dobbs is a good play. And, you know, outside of that, you may get some satellite plays if Vegas can score. So Green Bay has to, you know, keep up. If Vegas can't score, I think those guys that I just mentioned do it, but then they, you know, take their chances with the running game. And as I said, I don't really like Dylan either. Have him a lot in seasonal hasn't really been effective, right? Um, but Green Bay should go on the road and win this game. Their defense is playing better than people think. They have a pretty good defensive rush. I think they're going to force the ball out of Garoppolo's hands if it's Garoppolo. If Garoppolo doesn't play, then Green Bay wins this game. But if Garoppolo plays, it'll be a little bit tougher. I think Adams goes off, but Green Bay still wins the game. Guys, that's what I think we're going to see this week in our game scripts. So hopefully that helps you guys determine a little bit of what you think you need to do before game lock on Sunday. Now time for the part of the show where the process goes over our DFS fantasy football picks for the week. We'll go over cash game plays, tournament or GPP plays, and sometimes talk about stacks that you can use to leverage your wins for the week. So if we've done all that, then we are now ready to talk DFS. So not going to be deterred by last week, not going to make a bunch of picks to kind of hedge myself so I don't come out wrong again. We're just going to stick to what we're doing and uh, know we're going to get it right this week. So DFS at quarterback, let's go Pat Mahomes, $8,200. Listen, Hertz is only $200 less. And I like Pat Mahomes' matchup a lot more than I like Hertz's matchup. So if I'm thinking of taking a guy on the high side, I got to go Mahomes over Hertz. Now, Lamar Jackson, also on the high side versus the Steelers, uh, I'm going to say no here. He And as we talked about in Reload, feels more defensive with points limited. Steelers' offense is trash, and um, I just don't know that Baltimore needs to go crazy to win this one. So, Again, I'll, I'll defer to Mahomes over Lamar. And then the Giants are bad and can't tackle. Everybody viable for Miami. So I can't invest in the running game. I can't invest in, you know, too, if the running game can also get it done, too. And we've seen them rack up, what, over 500 yards in two weeks, something like that, maybe 600. So going to be hard-pressed for me to, um, 
you know, ignore that this week in the face of Pat Mahomes. Now, Tannehill and Richardson are both interesting, but we'll just grab their number one wide receivers and put those into cash games. Not overly excited about the rest of the receiving core on both sides, and they're a little banged up too. So we'll let that we'll let that rest. But Cousins will be popular in a game that begs for them to run. So I'll stay away from him. Burrow is interesting, but Higgins is out. Boyd is meh. We talked about how he has not been able to produce when one of the other receivers is out. And so we're taking a chance there. So I don't, as much as I really want to make a lot of people eat crow and just run Burrow again, I won't do it. I'll just play Chase. Alternately, if you want to pay down, um, I think my only other choice, and so my pivot choice too, like I'll try to have a pivot choice every week in case something goes wrong at quarterback. But this week we'll make the pivot choice. Matthew Stafford at 5,600. There you go. So wide receivers will do Jamar Chase, $7,900. Um, he, he's got the targets last week and the receptions last week, but Burrow's dot was too low. So another week healthier plus banged up Higgins should mean, you know, more or better opportunities, more and better opportunities for Chase. Plus he'll have low ownership off of last week's disappointment. So we want to lock him in for cash games and just use that again for sure. DeAndre Hopkins with them, 5700 bucks. Traylon Burks, banged up, missed last week, may miss again. Hopkins is seeing the targets, and Indianapolis is god-awful at defense in the secondary. Great price for the number one wide receiver against a bad defense. Pretty simple format. Let's take that one. And then for the other receiver, we're going to go Michael Pittman, who we mentioned, $6,400. Bringing that game back with Pittman versus Tennessee. Regardless of whether JT plays or not, but it's better if he does for Pittman. Tennessee's been awful in coverage. Richardson is back this week. Tennessee's been stout against the run. I don't really care who's running the ball there. It's going to be a tougher day. You're going to have to pass it. Um, Richardson is back this week, so that bodes well for Pittman. As I said, I like Richardson, but 7K versus you know Mahomes at $8,200. I don't like Richardson that much more outside of Pittman because of the front seven of Tennessee, so I'll avoid him. Tight end, Tyler Conklin, $3,200. Denver's horrific against the tight end in coverage. End of story. Uh, now, for my flex to make this lineup work, I've got a couple of choices, and you might not like them, but here's where we go. $3,300. Pitts, he gets more targets per game and not in a terrible matchup versus the alternate choice of Hurst that I think, who's $3,100 to make the lineup work. He is He will be less popular, but he will have a better matchup and so going to Hurst is not a problem I will also say if you want to throw John New Smith in there $2,900 you could do that so those are the three flex options that make this mega lineup work running back Brees Hall $5,400 free square lock it in versus Denver and we're going to pair him with Bijan Robinson at $7,700 versus Houston who has issues stopping the run that we've talked about um, those two paying those prices for those two makes that work and then defensive wise we're going to go all in on the Panthers this week. $2,200 makes everything work. They're on the road versus the Lions. Run game will be a challenge, but Derek Brown is back in the interior, and he, and he is grading out quite highly. Literally the only reason Madison didn't get 100 yards last week. And um, I, I am hoping that the Panthers – I say hoping, not expecting. I say hoping that the Panthers – can just do what they've been doing every single week, which is score zero or positive points at $2,200. If you score six points, that's nearly, that's almost 3X, right? And so I'm not asking for a lot. This should be a competitive game, and I don't think that's going to bite us in the butt too much. So if you really look at it, I think we're coming away with a very powerful lineup here. Mahomes, Jamar Chase, DeAndre Hopkins, Michael Pittman, Tyler Conklin, Pitts Hurst, or uh, Johnu Smith at flex, Panthers at defense. That's the way I'm going to roll, you guys. So hopefully that helps you make your decisions for DFS this week. Good luck if you're playing. That is it, you guys. Thank you so much for rocking with me for this week five of NFL action. Really quickly, you can find the process at TigerBombSAE.com. This is a Tiger Bomb podcast. Uh, on TigerBombSAE.com, every podcast has their own page. So if you're into NASCAR, baseball, or true crime, you can check those things out there. But if you want to listen to this podcast, you can do it at TigerBombSAE.com. Click on the process page. You can watch this off the YouTube channel there too. Or go to YouTube and watch it. 
You can catch our page on Facebook or Twitter or X or whatever and search for all those the same way. Everywhere you listen to your podcast, Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, all of it. Just search for Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment. We come up, you like, subscribe, follow, whatever the applicable thing is, and then you will get all the new episodes once they come out. All right, guys, that's everything that I have for you. Enjoy this holiday weekend if it's a nice long three-day weekend for you. Good luck Sunday if you're playing DFS football. Good luck to everybody playing seasonal. Let's crush it. And you know the drill. We'll come right back here next week and talk about what we saw and get ready for week six. Peace. The process is brought to you by Tiger Bomb Sports Audio Entertainment.